So my journey through the league is equivalent to imagine you had you're at a roulette table and there's obviously black and red, but then there's that green one at the top that's like the double zero, that really hard one to hit. Imagine you walked up and you were like, I'd like a hundred dollars on green. And then they were like, You mean like <laughs> yeah. black? No, no, green. And you were like, I want it. And then it hits, and everyone at the table looks at you like you're crazy. And you're like, whoa. And you go, do it again. <laughs> about those odds, maybe one more spin of the green. And that's about the probability of the path I went through. You are now listening to the Duo Sports and Stuff Podcast. Here are your hosts, Deontay Epps and Dane Beasley. Hello and welcome to episode 42 of the Duo Sports and Stuff Podcast. My name is Deontay Epps, joined by my brother, my best friend, my ace, the other half of the duo, Dane Beasley. Dane, how you doing, my guy? Doing pretty well, doing pretty well. It's a fabulous day, I might say. Fabulous day. Most most definitely. And before we introduce our next guest, yes, we have another guest. I'd like to remind you guys to subscribe to the Duo of Sports and Stuff podcast. Give us a great rating on Apple Podcasts. Get more ears to the duo. So we appreciate that. And we are joined by our high school teammate forever. Our guy. <laughs> From Colleen High School, West Texas A&M. Yes, sir. Spent some years in the NFL. Our guy, Craig Watts Jr. How you doing, bro? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Thank you guys for having me, man. I've been uh, been looking forward to catching up with my boys for for a hot minute now. So it's good to finally get uh, get a chance yeah. to sit down. Hey, dang. I don't know if I told you this, but maybe like a month and a half ago, I texted uh-huh. Craig with the idea of coming on and he basically said it's about damn time. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, my, uh, it's, like, like, I'm just going to blame it on that guy over there. Oh no, man. Y'all got, y'all got more important fish to fry. Y'all got more. I, I think, I figured I'd, I'd make it on one of the weeks where it was a little backlog. So I'm going to give y'all a hard time, man. You guys are, uh, y'all are doing great work, man. And uh, man. I'm, I'm honored to be here, man. I really am. Thank we appreciate you, man. So we talked about you back in Killeen, back in the 08, 09 yeah, days. Man. What year did you come in? Because you weren't, you didn't come in a freshman, right? So I came, so I moved from San Antonio uh, my at the end of our freshman year. So like y'all had finished spring ball and everything. And I got in like right then and there. And then so that next year in our sophomore year, if I'm not mistaken, we were all on Maroon team as sophomores, weren't we? Yeah. I think we'd always been on Maroon. Yeah, I think we we did. We yeah, where so yeah, I know we yeah we played JV those two years together. Or did one of y'all get moved up before us? Before me, not me. But okay, uh, yeah. he had the opportunity. He definitely had the opportunity. But uh, <laughs> Deontay, Deontay uh, screwed right, the Craig, pooch on that. I don't one. know if you remember this, bro. <laughs> I'm about to tell the story. All right, here it goes. So going into our junior year, as uh. Spring uh, preseason game, we saw we play Leander. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had the opportunity. I had the chance. This is funny. <laughs> um, 
the JV guys, we we play most of our snaps with JV to start the year. But a select number of players got a chance to play with the varsity reps. And Coach Hawkins, and, and I know he's going to listen to this episode. <laughs> so, yeah, Coach Hawk, I remember, Shout out, Hawk. I remember this. But he put me in during the varsity reps, and I think it was a non-route, maybe. I either got tangled up or something. I didn't, I didn't end up getting the ball. Yeah. I didn't catch it. And at that mm-hmm. point, my dad was my dad. My dad is crazy. He used to always push. <laughs> what? Hey. Like what? What? Why didn't you get no chance? Why didn't you get no chance to be on varsity? So, so go go ahead. Well, I just thought about it because it's funny you, you mentioned your dad. Your dad is still a staple in some of my inside jokes to this day. <laughs> uh, you, you remember? You remember in the victory bowl the, uh, that big that big lineman Mark. Yeah, yeah, day, you well, went to school well, together. Yeah, yeah, yeah we all go to school together. To this, to this day, he'll be he'll walk up and be like, "Hey, uh, what what can I get for free?" <laughs> and I and we told that all. The time. You told me that story one time. I told him that Man. story, and he mentions it all the time now. I was like, "Oh yeah, that's Mister F right there. He gonna he gonna get his uh his he gonna get his come up." My my dad's gonna love this to hear this episode <laughs> in like three weeks. Yeah, he's always, always like. Three episodes behind. That's because he just consumed. He listens twice. (laughs) (laughs) What's funny? He just went out of town to East Texas, and that's like the real time where he could listen to the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, man. I just heard the. uh, I think the uh, Marcus Spears. Oh yeah, that's a hot minute ago. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it was Coach Mosey one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so funny because he's always behind though. Like, but back to the story. I couldn't, I don't, Yeah. something with the catch. I want to say it was a catch or pass or something thrown to me. And we're in the film room next day or whatever. And Coach Hawkins was in there. Oh, yeah. We knew it was coming, too. And he literally turns to me and says, in front of everybody, tell your daddy he had a chance to be on varsity. (laughs) And I'm like, bro, (laughs) like, damn, man. You were the tell, one, Deontay. You were, you, you were supposed to be the one. You were supposed to be the <laughs> one. We're all rooting for you. And like, then, not crazy, but you know, like the kid wanted to be on varsity. Yeah, you know? yeah. You know, I will say, I'll say, it's we. Uh, it's funny, man. Looking back at Colleen, I didn't realize how good we were collectively. Like we had a lot of talent on that man. team. You know what I mean? So it's like it's wild that like that you, you know was good as you were, you still were like, I can't even get on varsity my senior year. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's like, but the, but it's, my junior chance. year, my junior year. Yeah. Well, I'm saying you, you had your chance your junior year, but yeah, we didn't yeah, you know, actually you. make it. Up oh, there. he had a big chance. Shut up, Dan. Yeah, but but there, was, there was some killers in there. We had what, Fuson was still up uh, one year. Like uh, the team was good, you know, TJ, yeah. J Ross. Yeah, we, we had a yeah. ball. Oh yeah. Shoot. Had talent. Mike Frank. I will say for the clean folks that do turn in, Clean hasn't went that far since quarterfinals. <laughs> the standard hey, man. Can we get a better hey, for that? They'll make it better. That is so that the so quarterfinal game is fun. That's another one of my staple quotes. Is uh, anytime any. <laughs> <laughs> I already know what you're talking about. Go anytime ahead. I, any, <laughs> any, anytime I, you got to break your fingers though. <laughs> hey, if some if some. If, if something doesn't happen good, I walk up all the time. I go, hey, 
They can score 35 and one half. We can score 35 and one half. And I just walk out the room. I'll never forget Coach acting like we was going to come back in that game. I was like, this is the end of the road, Chief. We just going we gonna to go to CC's and have memories after this. We Bro, but. that bus ride home was so sad. Then we got to CC's and turned up. <laughs> we were mad for 10 minutes. They are like, all right, we good. We good. It was like... Ah, we good now. Y'all ready for this two hour lunches? Let's get it. <laughs> right, right. Oh my goodness. Oh man. But it was a, it was a, a it was a, a small glimmer of hope in me that thought we were gonna try to come back and eventually someone would write a book about it and then of course adapt it in some sort of whitewashed Disney movie. But like Travis hey, had other plans. Look, <laughs> man, I'm a, I'm not I'm gonna keep it a hundred right now. I have, as a lineman, my whole career, I've never felt like I had the ability to really change the outcome of a game. And so I've always been very, very transparent with how I thought the day was going to go. Yeah. I've never been yep. somebody over, <laughs> I've You're never been overly, like yeah, I've never been like, oh no, we got the, no, they're good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and we didn't show up today. That's just how it's going to be. Somebody, we taking this L. Hey, I, there was no way I was like, don't worry, guys. If we all strap up and we put our like best those <laughs> generic, yeah. generic football players. <laughs> We're all in this together. <laughs> like, no, no. no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What's so funny to to this day, like, you know how in the fourth quarter when the teams, they hold up the four, like, Karina's like, why, why did they do yeah, that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know. It's just. It's just a football thing. Like it, I don't the know. The football gods like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let, you gotta, Gets the people now, going. Now, hey, remember how we was trying hard the first three quarters? Where we really gotta bring it this one. Like I don't I've never <laughs> never understood it. But yeah, it's uh you know it's funny. I was actually uh it's it's funny speaking of football. Now that I'm like on the other side of the ball, like after you like are coaching now, mm-hmm. it's crazy how you see stuff completely different. Yep. Like it's it's just wild being on the other side of the ball. And you're like, why was I doing that? That was stupid. <laughs> I'm like, why was I like, <laughs> like, like, like trying to be nice to every coach you pass yeah. because you think that somehow that'll factor that in. That'd be your like, opportunity. <laughs> yeah. And meanwhile, you're like, I didn't see any of your film. You're not even in my position group, bro. Like, <laughs> you know, so it's, it's funny how many things are, are like that. But, yeah, man. So after we lost that playoff game in the quarterfinals to Lake Travis, people had opportunities to go to play at the next level. What offers did you get besides West Texas A&M? Oh, man. So, um, so coming out of high school, so after we played Land Passes, um, I went out. I don't know if y'all remember. I didn't come to film. I wasn't at like workouts the next day. I went out to El Paso. You know, I don't remember that, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> well, so just in case you didn't know, just, 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 just saying, no, I'm saying, I was I, on a recruiting <laughs> trip. Well, we, we, it was an 11 hour drive. It was, uh, they didn't fly me out. And, Picked uh, me up in a limousine. No, 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 no. It was, uh, I went out, I had, a, I had a, El Paso had asked me to come out on like an unofficial. Went out there and then everything was like supposed to be good. Like they had like a tentative offer kind of on the table. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll never forget this dude's name was Willie Frazier. He was on the trip with me. He ended up decommitting from SMU to go to UTEP. So he got the scholarship. So I ended up getting a walk-on offer. 
And then, uh, you know, our season ended. And then I, I had spent so much time hanging on to UTEP that I didn't really talk to anyone else. So by the time like signing day came around, I actually didn't, uh, I didn't have anybody. I was, I was unlanded by the end of January. And so it was like January, probably like 25th or so. I was going out to track practice. And then I got a phone call from uh coach of West Texas. And the only reason I even knew who it was, because Jordan went there. Remember, Jordan Smith has yeah. been there a few yeah. years before. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I was like, who? <laughs> you mean Texas A&M? But you don't want me. Ronte. <laughs> Ronte's over there. Okay. That's- <laughs> you mean call Ronte? <laughs> <laughs> You've got the wrong guy. So he uh he came he came on a house visit and uh uh he offered that I got forgot that was my very first offer. It was my uh I got offered five hundred dollars a semester uh to sign and then I remember I'll never forget because we actually joked we were joking about it the other day. I remember he leave, he was leaving my house and he was like, Look. You're gonna get up. You're probably gonna get some other calls from some other schools in the conference. <laughs> Don't pay them. They're gonna throw big numbers at you. But you just got to think. Look how much Abilene costs. Okay, it doesn't matter if it gives you ten. Like he's like going on this big spill. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> all right. So, so sure enough, they actually like called the next day, and I was like, I didn't really listen because I just remember being like, he told me he was going, he was going to call. I knew he was going to, you know, and so uh, I was, and then I, I stuck with it. So a couple more offers rolled in. Um, I actually ended up double signing to play at Cisco and WT because, you know, how does that I work? Thought that, yeah. So uh, great question, man. Um, because there's the NCAA and there's the NJCAA, they're technically under two different governing bodies. And so whichever one you appear at, the other contract is null and void. Oh, okay. And so and so because I was an academic qualifier, I I double signed to both. So uh I was I signed to Cisco and WT with the hope that if a scholarship from a big school came up anywhere from signing date to the start of camp, that I would just go to Cisco, thus breaking my WT uh NLI. And then I would gray shirt their season and then go the spring and save time and uh, and go that way. So it was me being like, I'm still trying to get the most out of yeah. this, you know. Uh, and and uh, <laughs> but in hindsight, man, I'm so glad I didn't like do that because I mean, you guys, as you you know, obviously talking with uh, with Coach Mosley with you know Lance you and you know obviously you guys must have you know did a lot of research with all that. It's a whole different. It's a, it ain't you. Juco life is beast. Tough. You got to be, you got to be about it. Yeah, and I and I remember going on a visit and just being like, I think I'm just gonna go to Division Two. I think <laughs> I think I'll just I'll just go where I think I'm not gonna get you know. And so uh, yeah, so that was that was my like really one and only offer, man. Um, was WT? I, I consider the other ones that trickled in like piggybacks. But they don't really mm-hmm. count to me because it's like you really only were playing keep away. Like you weren't really interested in me. You were just trying to poach a player to stop someone else from yeah. getting them. And so I uh, signed up, signed there, and then, you know, went on to go up to West Texas. Dane, do you remember the recruiting we had with Coach Fair? Talking yeah. About the opportunity? Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. think we yeah. ever told Craig. Oh, to yeah. <laughs> A lifetime full of a lifetime full of cut blocking. Like I'm good. What are you with Howard Payne or something? I'm good on it. <laughs> no, he's trying to get us to go to it was the Air Force, right? Yeah. Air Force the Academy? Academy? Yeah, trying yeah, to get us to go to Air Force. Yeah. 
I was he like, man. It hard, man. Like, I don't think we ever talked to the coach or anything, but like, he was just like, yeah, man. You know, Coach Fair. Yeah, man. You know. yeah. yeah, man. Yeah, man. Such just, an opportunity, man. Just you know. sign your name right here, yeah. man. I'm not knocking Air Force, but I know you got to serve. So after you're done, like, yeah. I respect the troops, all the things they go through, but I'm not built like that. So, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? So, yeah, 100%. you already know I'm looking like, like, uh, uh. Nope. Bro, and here's the thing, man. I, I thought I almost did the I same I thought thing. about it for like half a second. Yeah, but, but then what? What stopped you? I just thought about what practice would look like, <laughs> like what games would look like. Like, man, we really would just be there. Blo- I, I like blocking. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I love blocking, but just a much. lifetime full of that. Like, man, like, bro. Whew. You know, man, it's, 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 I'm glad this is kind of serendipitous because like exactly what we're talking about now, I have tried to explain this concept to so many people. Like I love football. I love the game, but there are so many times where it could have caused me to walk. Like if I would have, if my only offer would have been like Georgia Tech, (laughs) I'd have been like, (laughs) yeah, I'm not, I'm not running the way. No, I'm not built for for run blocking like that. Exactly. I'm, I'm a finesse pass blocker. Okay. And when you say Georgia Tech, I'm thinking like, how did Calvin Johnson get, bruh? Just freak being six five. He was like, a why freaking dog. He got his five touchdowns and 14 catches. <laughs> yeah, and that's all they 14 needs. catches for 395 <laughs> yards. <laughs> yeah. I, I, all on third down. Right. Yeah, exclusively. We have no other options. Though, to count uh, yeah, I, like I could, I couldn't imagine like, uh, like there, you know, guys in like, uh, well, not only the academies too, not only you got to do football breakfast, you still got to do PT tests. You know, you still got basic training. Like it's it's a it's a it's it's more than I think I'm I was built for. Like just like you said, I'm not I ain't built that way. Right, I'm built like, like that. Like I'm, you a, know, I'm a natural 320 pounds. Ain't no, there's no service lineman over 300. I would have been miserable. <laughs> you know, they agile. Got to move. Got to move constantly. Yeah. Cutting. Respect to those that do. But I, I ain't feel like yeah. that. Yeah. Appreciate y'all like for protecting my yeah. freedoms. <laughs> so you're on campus at West Texas A&M, man. How was it your first few years? Like, you don't get put into the starting lineup, but what was that experience like? Not good. So, all right, so I I almost quit my first day. Um. I'll I'll never forget. So I showed up like the literally the last orient. You know, you got to go to summer orientation and all that. Well, mm-hmm. I showed up with that last one with all the bad kids and the kids <laughs> who like procrastinated. And it, it over, we weren't supposed to go to that one because it overlapped with the very first practice. So like I go get my schedule. I'm like running out the practice. I'm already setting a bad impression. I'm only on 500 bucks a semester. It's not like I'm some big recruit. Like yeah. I'm the last dude on the roster, you know. I get in, I'm like the sixth string right guard. I get in for like the last two reps and I'll never forget. I'm just like, okay, just don't <laughs> F up. Like just do, just just look okay, you know? Mm-hmm. And the, the very last rep, the outside linebacker comes charging in full speed, dislocates my elbow, or oh, my shoulder, excuse me. And I was like, this is not a good introduction to college <laughs> ball. I was like, I was like, oh man, it, I've never had an injury my whole career, and it's day one, and I got a dislocated <laughs> shoulder. 
So then I was like, what do I do about this? You know, like, they're like, well, you, you got to do your run test first before anything. And so I had to go do the conditioning test because I had missed that already, failed that miserably. <laughs> then I had to do the makeup conditioning. So like, I'm talking like probably a mile's worth of running later with this hurt shoulder. I'm like, I, I'm, I can't, this is, this is not for me. Like, I'm not going to stick like, you know, and I, but I remember thinking like, I can't quit, you know. I remember, like, you, you, you know, when, when you're going through that senior season, you're thinking, like, all I want to do is continue playing. I couldn't get to that point and then be like, it's too hard, phone it in, you know. <laughs> and I, I didn't – I'm too egotistical to be known as a quitter, you know. So I think just my pride was like, man, just stick it out, transfer at the end of the semester or something. And, uh, you know, the fall – I had a good fall. And then uh, I ended up traveling the last game of that year. And – um to answer your question, what is it like kind of being put into the lineup? For me, it was it was a self-actualization moment. Um, you guys were talking about Coach Fair earlier. And Coach Fair, I don't think – I mean, I'll, I'll never forget. There was this one time we were sitting in the uh, weight room. And I was – he had walked by and he, he mentioned – he was like, you know, you know you have a chance to play at the next level. And I was like, bro, I got like one year of high school. Like, I've – I'm a one-year varsity player. Like, that's not how recruiting, you know, just being pessimistic. And he was the very first person that ever, like, you know, mentioned it as a thing that's more than just, like, positive words you tell somebody, you know. Like, you know, in my mind, it was just coaches who say nice things. That's their job. And uh, and going through that semester, rising through the ranks and being, you know, going from, like, like I said, six to second team and traveling by the end of the year – it 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 was validating and it told me like, okay, you're not just a body that they need. You're not just, you know, out here to make friends, you know, because for, for me, football was really just a way to be social moving around. It was always a way to not be the new awkward kid. And so. It was, yeah. And you were a military kid too. Mm-hmm. So you moved often a lot. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Makes yeah. Sense. So for me, sports was just my way to bridge the awkwardness with, with kids. And so now getting to the point where I was like, Oh man, like I'm playing like even though it was still Division Two, like I was like I'm I'm playing college football, you know. And so for me, it was like to to be put in that position. It, it told me that I am capable of it, and it kind of like set the the new road for how I saw uh, work and and the grind and you know uh, committing to a craft. Because if my sorry self could make it, you know, well, let's see what happens if I really put down you know, full commitment and effort. Yeah, that makes sense. So coming out of college, of course, you're coming out of small school in West Texas A&M. Um, what, what was that kind of moment in your mind, kind of similar what you were talking about there, where you're like, I might have a chance to play beyond college. Oh, that so all right, <laughs> this one's a story. This is actually, this is a whole. Oh, oh you so, got time. You ever, y- y'all ever play roulette? Or, I was talking uh, about that today. Gamble, you ever gamble? I'm more of a blackjack guy. But I'm familiar with it. So <laughs> I've put money in the stock market. Dane is crypto. <laughs> yeah, Dane's crypto now. <laughs> oh, that's, you, that's you a, do- a Doge boy? You a Doge boy? Yes I, yes, I am. Yes, I am. Hey. Yes, I am. <laughs> Riding the, the moon. Wave. Hey, I see yeah. you. Yeah, I'm trying. Hey, to. I'm with you, Chief. I'm right there with you. Um, so I remember the very first. It's it's crazy how like I can't remember 
a lot of stuff, but there are these weird moments that are like these crystallizing, like crystallizing, like especially in hindsight, I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, the, so my journey through the league is equivalent to imagine you had you're at a roulette table and there's obviously black and red but then there's that green one at the top that's like the double zero that really hard one to hit imagine you walked up and you were like i'd like a hundred dollars on green and then they were like you mean like <laughs> yeah black no no green and you were like i want it and then it hits and everyone at the table looks at you like you're crazy and you're like whoa and you go do it again odds maybe one more spin of the green and that's about the probability of the path i went through and so um so oh this is two stories in one so i remember the very first time i thought somebody i had even a sniff of a chance is when a scout came to talk to me um and not about someone else because like i had scouts come up and be like hey tell me about brian brayman hey tell me about you know <laughs> ethan westbrook and i'm like oh i blocked that guy in practice he's good you know <laughs> and so for the first time they came and they were at they were asking about me and i was like you got the right me you know like you sure you're mm-hmm. talking so that was like the first moment where i was like okay they don't just talk to people for no reason like they don't they don't care about this isn't college where when the scouts come around in college, they're like, you know, it's buddy, buddy. Hey, man, what's up? We can't wait to get you. Mm-hmm. There is no love at the other level because now <laughs> the dynamic has changed. You need them. So they don't care about your mm-hmm. happiness at all. It's just like, you know. And so <laughs> and so I remember um, after we finished the season, um, yeah, after we finished the season, I remember sitting, my senior season, I remember sitting in history or my political science class uh, with Dr. Welch. And I remember like being like the, the superlative should come out today, you know, like the uh, all conference awards. And uh, mm-hmm. we had, we had just, we were like somewhere in the region by now, we were still playing ball. And I remember the um, all region team came out and I made first team all region. And then I had uh, the um, like, you know, like valuable players came out. And uh, I ended up winning offensive lineman of the year. And that was like the moment where like, I was like, Oh, okay. All right. That, that, that's not, cause everyone who had won that award previously ended up having a shot. Like every, if you look at the list of people who won the award, everybody made it to a camp at least. And so I was like, Whoa, like I fanboyed out for a whole minute. Cause like, I looked up to all these guys, you know, like, like if I could just be in the conversation i thought that'd be dope you know and then a few weeks later i ended up making first team all-american as well and then i was like yo like okay all right i got i got because when you're a d2 guy you got to do you got to run to what other guys walk to you know so i knew i needed to have all of this stuff in my pocket to you know put my best foot forward and so it was like kind of coming together and then uh, I still hadn't had an agent, though. That's how I knew I wasn't really big time. I was like, nobody want to represent me. I mean, I'm just over out here. I'm about, I guess, I'm, I guess that's, a, that's not a good thing, you know? Yeah. And so uh, I ended up getting all that stuff, get up, getting put on. And then, uh, you know, fast forwarding to, you know, it's probably jumping ahead a bit, but I, I remember the draft like it was like yesterday. Like that draft, right. I'll never forget draft day coming out because – you know, as consumers of the sport, you know, the draft is like, we're getting people, new team, we got new players. Yeah. New, 
when when you're in the suit, you like like it's, it's, well, yeah, <laughs> never in my life have I wanted my phone to ring more. You know, you know, you know how people be ducking bill collectors. It's the opposite uh-huh. of that day. You know, you're like, please, anybody, somebody call me, you know. And uh, I remember that day. Remember Silence? Uh, that guy, Terrence Allen, he was on our uh, Victory Bowl team as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we yeah. we went to college as well and uh, ended up seven other guys on my team ended up making camp or uh, getting contracts the end of, by the end of the day. And I was like the odd man out. Like even dudes who we didn't think would would probably land somewhere, like kind of got on. And I was like, <laughs> "Come on!" I was, so, I was hurt, man. It was it was it, I was hurt. And because then I remember just being like, the only person who called me the whole day was my agent. And I was like, "What are you calling for?" And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, "Hey, hey, anyone called you?" And I go. Anyone called you? Oh. What you mean? Like, you tell me. And, yeah. And so, so I remember going to bed that night, being like super depressed because, like, I had yeah. I, I didn't drop out of school. I had finished my first degree, but I left it open. So, like, I had, I just walked off with like four F's pending because I couldn't. I didn't withdraw. I was just like, I'll go train. If it doesn't work out, I'll come back to school later. You know. And uh, mm-hmm. so I remember when that didn't get it picked up right away. I was like. Wow, that was stupid. Like, <laughs> you know, like that didn't pan out like you thought it would. And so the next day, my brother's driving me to the airport. My phone rings, and like, it just felt like that was the call. Like, I, I was literally sitting like this with my phone on my chest, and then the, the phone rang. And I was like, "All right, we're, just like in a movie." It felt like a bro. It felt just like a movie. It felt like like I, I even said I was like I was like, "Am I allowed to say bad words?" of course I was sitting there and I was like about damn time and I didn't know who it was but I just picked up the phone and I was like I don't know who this is but y'all about to get this work hello and uh, it was some scout from San Diego and they were like "Uh, we're going to offer you a rookie mini camp tryout and are you guys familiar with how what rookie mini is break it down alright I'm about to I'm about to to throw y'all with that inside okay so you guys been seeing those things lately with all the teams who are issuing the not returning uh, statements um, by the NFLPA teams not going. Oh yeah. We talked mm-hmm. about that yeah, on, yeah. on so, our last pod. Yeah. What that is, is teams not coming back to OTA one. OTA one starts about this time every year. And it's like the phase where you're just like, you know, no football. You can't have 11 guys on the field at one time. Like all those silly rules. Mm-hmm. After that phase goes down, two weeks, and then that's when the draft hits. The draft and all the rookies will get picked up in that block of time. And then the next two weekends are called rookie mini camps. So the vets will still be in the building doing stuff, but the rookies have their own stuff where they're being brought along. So, so one of the weekends that the vets will get off, the rooks will come in. Um, and let me back up a little bit. After the draft, let's say we're using, you know, uh, Let's use your Broncos, right? Go Broncos. Let's say the Broncos. <laughs> I just did. I, I, it's just like a Dane's face. I, uh, <laughs> uh, so let's say, let's say we use the Broncos, right? With their, what, 12 picks or whatever they have this year. Or, or, uh, or no, I think it was the Eagles who had like 12 picks. Anywho, they'll pick up their seven guys if they only have the seven. And then you sign your priority free agents. You usually have about 20 to 25 rookies on your team now. You can't conduct practice with only that many people. So they bring in rookie minis, which are tryout guys who were below the guys you've already signed. 
and they act as a, a filler to fill out practice. Yeah, kind of like so the practice those squad. Guys are not even. So oh, okay. Go ahead. Yeah, so it's 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 literally called a tryout because they picked up the guys in free agency, but they need to look at other people too. So you literally come in just to practice and then you leave. Like you don't, there's not, you know, most teams will have their rookie minis with the roster filled, right? Most, so like when I went, there were 90 guys under contract of the 90 available contracts. So all the rookie minis there had return flights home. So for me, it was like, all right, well, this is the, in my mind, it was a, it was a sense of if I play well here, in training camp, if something happens, I'm they know of me, they have an awareness of me, I might get a shot later, yeah. you know? And so we went to Rookie Mini. Uh, it's like a three-day thing. And I end up uh, – man, it's funny. I always say, like, I, I want to write a book one day because it's like it's wild looking back at the story, like how, like, small everything was and how stressful the whole journey was. Because, like, we get there, dude. There's six linemen. I'm number six. Like, so the other five are the linemen who are playing. And I'm just back there like, (laughs) you know, like the one guy out. And so I'm like, I can't even get in to prove myself if I'm, if I'm the one odd lineman. And then eventually I get some more reps. And then, you know, eventually I'm, uh, I'm now in the first unit for the next day. And then I'm not seven with the guy who's, uh, who ended up being my roommate for that camp. But, like, I end up taking his kind of job, and uh, they fly us all home. And I'll never forget, I called my agent, and I was like, hey, uh, you know, I think I had a good camp. You know, everything's going well. He goes, okay, are they going to sign you? And I go, well, no, they already had our flights booked home. Like, everyone's going home. And he's like, uh, well, if they really like you, they keep you. And I'm like, why, <laughs> why would you say that? stuff like that? Why would you tell <laughs> me that? <laughs> It's Captain Obvious here. Help. Yeah. Oh, so I, uh, some optimism. Right? So <laughs> so I fly I fly home and uh like two days later I'm thinking like, okay, you know, this is like May twenty fifth. No, no, sorry, the day is actually May twentieth when I go home. And uh I remember thinking like, okay, if anything happens good, it'll be July because no one's gonna get hurt during OTAs, you know. And I'm thinking like I needed like someone to blow a knee out or something. <laughs> like Two days later, I'm sitting there like getting my hair done and uh, it's the player director of player personnel. And he's like, hey, we're going to bring you in. We're going to sign you. And I'm like, oh, great. I guess I'll see you guys this summer. And but I'm thinking that, you yeah. know, and he's like, OK, mm-hmm. uh, there's no there's no flights out tonight. Can you be at the airport at six in the morning? And I'm like, oh, uh, oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Again. <laughs> and I actually remember he goes, he heard he could hear the, the my voice. He goes, that OK? I go, yeah, yeah, I just didn't think it was like, I was like, oh, okay. So uh, I'll never forget. I got out there, went and did my medicals. And then uh, after you do all this stuff, I remember asking the dude who was driving me around from the airport. I go, hey, uh, who's my, who's my roommate? And he goes, oh, okay. He looks at the clipboard. He goes, Jeremiah Searles. And I go, oh man, that's like the one dude I got along with the most. I'm glad like, you know, like, like we actually, you know, hang out. He's actually a very good friend of mine to this day. And uh, so I get to the hotel room and I walk in and he's like, hey, man, it's good to see you. And I'm thinking, it's like, you didn't expect to ever see me again. Let's start with that. <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> so, so then, <laughs> like, don't don't give me those formalities. It's, it's just being nice because, you know, so then but then I go yeah. like, hey, man, it's good to see you, too. And I'm like, 
you had a whole hotel room by yourself? Like, you got a, two queens? Like, what's going on here? And he goes, oh, no, no, uh, Ian was my roommate. And uh, Ian was this other guy who, who had been to was, uh, camp with us. And I go, oh, okay. Well, where's Ian? And he's like, you're Ian. And mm-hmm. it was like in that moment that I was like, okay, mm. this is real now. For every, for every, yeah. for every success that I have, means a direct non-success of another individual. You know, it's a quite a zero summary game. And so being now moving into that arena, you know, I'd say the biggest things from like actualizing myself from high school to college and the college to, uh, you know, the NFL was, well, one, the way you look at the game changes. Um, and as you go higher, the kid-like joy is removed and the very, very cut and dry XO end result product only takes over. Um, but, but more so, I think what I noticed was um, at each point you get to the next level, you have to remember. It's kind of like if you're a boxing world champ, right? Like if you're the if you're the belt holder everybody's coming at you with their best shot, their best performance. You can never take a break. Even though you'd, you'd like to because you think you've made it to the ultimate goal, it's actually more important now to double down on your intensity. And it was quite the same in the league where it's like, you know, in college, don't get me wrong, I'm not like a slacked or anything. But once signing day was over, I was like, all right, these are the only people who can take my job. Like this is a yeah. finite pool of competition. If I just beat the guys in this room, your boy is good. <laughs> not in the league every week they are trying people out every week you see transactions like and it's so much more stressful that you're just like like i remember my rookie year man not even joking i every day i was just looking at the clock till one because one is the close of business on the east coast which means that you can't be cut so <laughs> so i'd be in meeting room like <laughs> you were living day to day by the clock like Every yes, yeah. sir. Yep, yep. At least, at least one year was like. I've, in fact, I've never watched Hard Knocks because this show would give me anxiety wow. because it's too familiar. Yeah. Like I've I've never seen an episode. Um, in fact, that was my uh, low key side note. But that was my biggest fear being in the league was that we'd get a try. Uh, we'd get You'll the. We'd get the uh, <laughs> I was so I was like, please God, don't ever put. Don't I don't want to be on Hard Knocks. <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't want to be on Hard Knocks, and I didn't want to have a uh, co-team scrimmage. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, when, like you know, you go play the teams. Yeah, I'm trying to get embarrassed while I'm trying to make a team. Get out of here! No, somebody always no. scrapping too. Always, yep. yeah, man. always helmets so coming off. Was like hand the hand. adjustment was like, yeah, <laughs> uh, Corlin Finnegan. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was like the biggest adjustment though. Was was the daily reminder of like. Like, you know, like it, it's to the point where you walk in and you're like, I don't recognize that big dude. Mm-hmm. Who is he? Where's he from? What's his name? What's his name? Crap, I know that name. That's a good name. Yeah. Like, you know, like just, you know, little parody. You're just paranoid all the time. And so, uh, yeah, that was the biggest transition was realizing that you can't slip. Your margin for error is even yeah. smaller, you know, as you, as you get up what, to the levels. What year did you come in with the Chargers? 2014, 15? So, 2014, yeah, I got signed. Uh, I want to say it was yeah, May of May of 2014. So you talk about the early mini, mini camp session. Was there a time where you got to interact with the bigger stars of the team? 
I can't remember if you're on that team with Phil Rivers, yeah, of course, so, but I can't remember the rest. Yeah, Phil was there. So that was one of like the man, that was that for me was like a big um like a big eye opener and it kinda so Nick Hardwick was there at the time too. Okay. Nick Hardwick is uh all pro center, pro bowler. And Nick was a guy, I mean, granted, you guys probably don't know Lyman, like Lyman, no Lyman, you know. So like I looked up to Nick my entire yeah. life because and mostly and I can tell you specifically why I remember he used to make the uh fantasy roster on Madden. Yeah. You could just give like you pick any. Well, he was only like 24, 25, but he was good. So he was like my yeah. long term center. Like, he used to draft him all the time. Yeah. Cause I was like, I was like, oh, this dude's going to be the staple on the line. So like, I was a big. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Like, of course, you've been gamers, play Madden forever. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, transitioning yeah, yeah. from playing, you know, on the controller with these guys, actually being next to them on their team. That's got to be like a crazy experience. Yeah. I'm talking straight starstruck for a minute. I, I had to remind myself for a hot minute. Like I, I, I'll tell you the first person who really starstruck me. I got there and I walked, I was walking through the facility and Brandon Flowers was there. He was standing in, uh, he had just signed there too. And I was like, B flow. That's Brandon. <laughs> That's Brandon Flowers. And I just, oh man, I wanted to go ask for autographs so bad. But man. I was like, we are professional. I'm, I'm supposed to be <laughs> equal to normal prey. Get it together. Mr. Flowers. And so <laughs> I, uh, you know, I had to avoid doing that. But like, they were, you know, eventually, eventually, most, a lot of the dudes, man, guys are very humble. That's one thing I, th- I thought you'd get big time a lot. Um, Philip Rivers is one of the most salt of the earth people. Like, when I talk about a perception, like a bad, like bad perception of somebody that was changed, he is the epitome of that example. I thought he was yeah. a whiny, crying dude who just couldn't. Like you only get this, you see him talking to the refs, and you just think he's like this, you know, prima donna, yeah. nicest dude in the world. Knows everyone on the team. Talks to, like will talk to you first. You know, it's not he's not like one of those people who's like, you know, he only speaks back. No, yeah, ask you how your day is. Right. You know, he knows about where you're from. Like the guy is a genuinely good dude. And, uh, but I was you like, know, yeah. we got whooped by like Travis Arcee. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, 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 uh, I heard Ooh. down in Texas, y'all got stomped a mud hole stomped by the Cavaliers. And, uh, but yeah, there was, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was interesting being around guys like, you know, like King Dunlap. I watched him on Monday night football, like the year before being like, Oh, okay. Let's see. I see this guy. I'm like, oh crap. We're in a meeting room together now. You mean I got to go get your lunch? All right, I'm happy to go get your lunch. No worries, man. You know. <laughs> so it was uh, those things were very uh, interesting in the transition, trying to fit in and not just be like a kid who's on a make a wish trip all the time. Like, yeah. man, I'm just glad to be here. You know? So you talked about your like kind of fanboy moment. What is a moment that you will never forget? Like the craziest NFL story you've been in the league. Oh man. Oh man, there's 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 tons, 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 tons. But there's 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 too many stories to tell. I I will the say this. code of the NFL, like some stuff you gotta keep, you know. None that are getting yeah, in trouble. There's a line. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a line that you don't cross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've never there like I'm not gonna tell you about people who I who I think poorly of and nothing like that, but like Yeah, yeah, of course um, not. Um 
There are a couple. See, it's on the spot. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna produce a great one, but I do have. I, I will say there's two things. One, um, being able to work with the community for me was always a very, very, very rewarding, and like that was the thing that I think I enjoyed the most was like. So every Monday is your off day in the league, right? Because, uh, um, oh no, sorry, Tuesday's your off day. Monday's your recovery day. Tuesday's your off day. Wednesday's the start of the new work week. And so on Tuesday is also your community relations day. And it's very, very hard to get guys to do community relations because mo- actually most teams pay their guys. Like when I got to New York, mm-hmm. they would pay you to go to an event. Like, you know, they might throw you a, you know, a little bit of money to go do something. Other teams don't, though. So San Diego never really, they didn't pay anybody, but so they constantly needed people. And so I ended up becoming really good friends with the community uh, organizer. In fact, he's a good friend of mine to this day. And um, like I was, I would probably go every, at least every other week. I think I did 11 uh, like visits my rookie year. And that's the thing that I missed the most is like, you know, going to an elementary school, you know, presenting yeah. a check to somebody, you know, uh, you know, going to a, you know, a fundraising event for first responders, like things like that, you know, because you're, it's great. Like it's fun, but I play a game, man. Like I'm not actually changing no lives. Like the only real effect I'm having on the world is bringing people together through the bond of what they love. But I can also use my time, my platform and go, you know, talk to a kid who, you know, might not have that, uh, other resource but i'll say uh, uh one story that, is, that dawns on me is like oh man i'm in the show now we were um i grew up a ravens fan right and yep. uh we we remember played, that yeah so <laughs> we played baltimore we played uh we played baltimore in baltimore my rookie year wow. and i wasn't on travel yet but they uh they brought me because they knew i was from the area so they're like hey do you want to come like and they're pretty good about doing that teams will They'll typically, um, if they know you're from an area, they'll bring the guys who might not be traveling. So we go up to Baltimore, and uh, I've never, I had never been to an NFL game before, like you know, being a part of them. And so I've dreamed about going to M and T. So like we're at, like we're in the stadium, and I'm just like, wow. <laughs> like, you know, like super happy to be there. And I'll never forget it was uh, their defense. We're on the field for offense, and. Uh, and the defense is on the field. And I'm like just sitting on the bench. And I kind of like zoned out for like a minute. And uh, and another thing too, this is this adds to the story. Mm-hmm. It might not make sense, but it definitely factors in. San Diego had the worst infrastructure with like <laughs> the sound system and the Jumbotron. So being in another stadium, I was like, and they got cool technology. They got like, like I was like, like just off of my world. And it was like third down lock it down and like this like graphic came on of like this like like jail cell like hits the thing and then this chain you know the uh, like the the ticker around the uh, the stadium where like this chain mm-hmm. comes up and it's like it's a little round. and it's like loud <laughs> and the sounds traveling with it and i'm like defense defense and i'm sitting there and i'm like and my foot starts tapping and i don't realize it and i'm like <laughs> defense and i'm like oh I can't be cheering on. No, no, no. You are literally on the other team right now. You can't be doing this. And so I was like, please don't let no camera catch that. Please don't let no camera catch that. Because I'm not going to be able to explain that one away. Watch, what are you doing here? Cheering on the other team. Just getting cussed out in meetings the next day. 
And so that's that those things like that, like, uh, you know, travel and hanging out with the guys and, you know, things are, those are the memories like, you know, that won't really ever leave. But uh, yeah, there's, 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 there's too many, but there's also equally as many negative ones. Like, like I said, I can tell you about all the times I was a 1259 safe for another <laughs> week. Y'all got to pay your boy. All right, cool. You know? <laughs> so. How was that like yeah, for your family? Like, you know, being a part of something that's so big, like in the world. Um, you know, I, I, um, I, I can only speculate, right? Um, I've never really asked anyone in my family. I'm only, I'm only the second person with any relation to me to go to school and college in a traditional manner, right? Like uh, my dad. I'm one of three people that holds a degree in my family. Uh, I, I believe there may be one more, but I'm only the second one to go, you know, straight out of high school. I'm only the, I'm the first one to go play a sport. You know, I was the first one to, to you know, play, you know, in college at all, um, you know, actually like play. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to continue going, it just felt like, in a way, it almost felt like, um, Gosh, it's going to sound bad, but football has always kind of been my thing. Right. You know, um, my family has been always very supportive of it. But as I said earlier, for me, football was was getting along with, you know, guys and not getting beat up when I got to a new school. You know, it was <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was more than me wanting to just be like, I'm going to be in the NFL one day like this. It was literally not. I don't think I uttered that until like the week before draft day, you know, like I never, that was not in the card. So I think for my family, it was more of like a, like a roller coaster ride because it, I didn't like, I remember coming home from games in Colleen and my mom being like, where were you? And I was like, mom, we had a game. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and she's like, Oh, well, did you play? And I'm like, yeah, I played the whole game. And, <laughs> And like not like she just like she just my right, mom like she's right. never was like she's not a sports yeah. person so so for me it was like the same kind of thing so like I was like mom I got a scholarship offer she's like oh that's cool like you know like it's <laughs> like hey mom a scout called me from the NFL today oh neat Good job man. are you having fun like, <laughs> it's like it was never you know it was never like oh this is you know you got to buckle down we gonna get you a trainer like it was always just like are you having fun okay keep going yeah. man. Was, you know. We'll come support you. And so uh, I'd say for them, it was like, uh, you know, it was, it was a like, whoa, okay, cool. We'll, you know, enjoy the ride too. But uh, yeah, football for me was a very, very personal journey. Yeah. You know, it was a very me and my learning and quest through this life via sport. And that's a dope, like way you put that, because a lot of the times you see kids that are, should I say young adults that make it to the league and it's been their life from like birth. Like that's what yeah. I want to do. Their parents are into it. They're training. You weren't that way and you still ended up there. So that's, that's dope. Thank you, man. I, and you know, it's, it's crazy. Like, um, you know, when I got the WT, we ended up having it, like one of the, like one of the things we were most proud of is our pro day. We had more pro, we had more scouts at our pro day than UT Texas. Wow. Like we, we killed it that year. Uh, we had like 25 teams were at our pro day 
and we had eight guys. Well, Texas ain't been good for a minute. Yeah, so. they, that year they was off. That, that just that year. <laughs> Sorry, Dane. For my long no, run. No, no, no. Yeah, you yeah. the Buckeyes, bro. Oh, he, yeah, he yeah, jumped I switched, ship. I switched teams. I jumped ship, man. Look, that, that last game, <laughs> that last game in a clean uniform versus, you know, <laughs> that team that I would not speak of on the field that I love in the door. You got beat at Royal and said, screw this whole team. <laughs> you know what's crazy? I'm done with this. I took it off. You were the last ones to play on the grass there. Yeah. Apparently after we played, they switched. Oh, I remember that. Yep. Yeah. I remember that. That old slip and slide game with yeah. our nubbies. <laughs> These dudes in quarter. They had Bro. inch long cleats. Yes. <laughs> I brought like three different pairs of cleats that game. Yeah, we got <laughs> exactly. <laughs> long ass cleats like. Old school cleats. Old ass cleats from like the eighties, nineties. <laughs> solid. They got the long. They got the long spikes. But but no man of that class though. Um, of all the guys who made it, none of us were like guys. Like there were tons of there. Were, the W D two schools are the wild west of college. You wanna you wanna see some crazy things go down? Go to Division two because the rules are a lot different. And so you get do you can get like when I signed we had seventy eight guys signed as my freshman class that doesn't include no sophomore no junior no, just seventy eight freshmen so you get guys in there half of them are like, I'm going to league I should have been D one man y'all I'm gonna be starting next year right? you get the whole gambit but all the guys who made it were due to are like look I came here to go to school play football along the way. And I'm just going to put my best foot forward at both of these things. And so I, I personally think that if it was my goal, I would have never made it. Um, but because of just, you know, I, I had a, a mentor of mine said a, a phrase basically, which was, you, you shouldn't, you know, uh, the, the quote is along the lines of the sentiments is, if your goal is to just acquire money and to be you know, receive funds for some sort of task, well, then you will do so, but you'll never make the money you set out to make. But when you set out to perfect something, to be good at something, to simply master a goal and to refine a craft, compensation and reward will find its way. The money will follow if the product is good, right? And so it wasn't for me I never thought like, I want to get to the NFL. It was, I want to just be as good as I can. I don't, I don't like letting people down. Honestly, I think that's a big portion of why I never like, like if I was a bench rider, I probably would have honestly quit. But because like at every point along the way, and don't get me wrong, my only ego was in there too. But at every point along the way, it was like, I can't let these guys down. They that they need me. Like I'm a part of this team. Like we've done too much. Like I can't walk away from this stuff. You right. know? And so I think it was because of that head down, get to the next day, get to the next day, be better tomorrow and not, okay, I got to do this to get, you know, way down there. I think that's the only reason it did work out, you know? So Craig, first met you, very smart guy. Still a smart guy to this day. Um, but just want to brag on you a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. So you were like, you like probably one of the first people. No, no, you were the first person I ever met that knew how to solve a Rubik's Cube. Oh, okay? so that, that yeah. was that was one of the that was one of the first signs. I was like, okay, this dude's got, you know, like he's like one of these big brain individuals. He's different. Aside, yeah, aside <laughs> from the fact that he's an offensive lineman, like I, I knew he was smart. 
But there was this one particular time we were in psychology class. You probably have no idea because there's probably so many other amazing smart moments that you've had. Okay, we're in psychology class and the unit or the particular section we're talking about was like association. And Mr. Keynes put up on the board a series of numbers. It was like maybe 20 or so numbers. And numbers, he asked yep, all of us. And he's you like, know, I, I you guys remember, know what? I remember this. He, he said, you guys know, you know, what stands out to you about these numbers or something of that, something of that sort. And they're all just looking at it, staring at each other. It's like, what's going on? Then here comes Craig. And then shortly, you just start naming <laughs> off every, the number, like there were, okay, maybe I'm not doing a good job of spelling, spelling this out. Okay. There was four, exactly four letters. Oh, yeah, yeah. There are four numbers in a year, right? So 2021 is 2021. Every single number listed was a particular year in which the United States went to war with, you know, another entity. This man, from memory, yes, sir. listed off every single war because with the association of the numbers that are on the board, it's just like, everybody else is like, you know, like, eh, but I'm like, as a, you know, history buff, I'm like, this guy's impressive. Never seen anything like this. So my question is, <laughs> thank you, man. Thank when you, you. <laughs> I remember that's always stuck to me. Like anytime I see a, a large series of numbers, like looking at a credit card or if I look at you know like a bank statement, I'm like, man, that remember that one time the Craig remember? Yeah. yeah, exactly. So my question <laughs> to you is like, when you got to the league, what was that moment that you realized one of your teammates was was that cerebral? There was that intelligent and you were like man i'm just in awe Phillip of this Rivers. particular yeah. person uh, man that's man yo y'all y'all ask the dopest questions i gotta say man i've done a number of interviews people ask the most generic questions where it's just like <laughs> so how many calories do you eat a day and you're like what's your bitch I stopped maxing years ago, bro. But uh, um, so there were two. One was was the center quarterback relationship is extremely, extremely important, especially in the league, because the center is typically in charge of setting protection. And so that's when I realized, like, okay, all these dudes are pretty smart. Is like Nick Hardwick's ability to know protection and for him and Phil, like they know football. Like it's going to take me a long time to get to the level of where they know football. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because like, mm-hmm. it's just so fast where they would, you know, you could like, like seeing the blitz come just by the defense that's out there is like some next level stuff. And Phil, so there's some called, uh, Blitz, well, blitz pickups on the field, but there's also a blitz pickup meeting that happens uh, like twice a week. And at least we did it in San Diego. I don't think we did it in New York. But it's just the linemen and the quarterbacks go in. And Phil would run the meeting and, you know, he'd have his, like, you know, the little cowboy remote. You know, I don't have mine somewhere around here. And he'd just be in the meeting and he'd be like, okay, it's uh, they got nickel. They're going to make smoke too far from the edge. What we got here? Richie? And he'll just talk to somebody, like one of the guys <laughs> in the room. And Richie will be like, Richie, what you going to call here? And then Richie would be like, uh, I think we're going to squeeze it. Okay, I like squeeze. I like squeeze. And he was, and he knows everything. He knows yeah. everything. So he's like, hey, Dontrell, uh, you see that there? We're going to have a little sick. I'll sit back on the six. And you know what? That guy, he's not coming. You know, they've been showing it. But I watched the Seattle game, and they only brought it one time, and it was obvious because they stacked. And it's like he knows <laughs> everything. And so you get out there on the field, and it's just the exact same, you know. He's it's, he's playing it in his mind. He's conducting the whole show. Yeah. And then, like, right when the clock's down to, like, two, you're like, 
bro, you're not going to, like, we about to, and he's just, Delson! Snap. And it was like, yo, this guy, I see why they pay this man this much yeah. money. Because everything, is, like, when I'm, I'd be in a meeting room and I'd be like, okay, this all makes sense. All right. Okay. <laughs> and then we get out there and I'm like, this looks nothing like what we talked about. <laughs> and, but for those guys, it would, it would still crystallize. And so, like, just the speed of which they saw the game and, uh, and stuff like that. And then I think another moment where I realized someone was like extremely smart was uh, Dwight Freeney was there my rookie year in, uh, in, in San Diego. And Dwight was, he was at the, he was at the end. He was, he was getting old mm-hmm. and like, he, he was, <laughs> we, he was really just a third down only kind of guy. But, Get the quarterback. <laughs> but, to, but that he, I think he is probably one of the epitomes of what greatness, what I learned greatness was. Because he he if you, Dwight Dwight was an undersized lineman, but his technique was so impeccable. And I'm talking like you knew what was coming. He only yeah. threw. He only had. He only he only, he was only gonna hit the spin, or he was gonna mm-hmm. long arm bull you. Mm-hmm. Those are the only two things he ever was bringing. But he had he had, he had so he was so good off the three step and a five step spin that he just could alternate between those two and would still be pressure. And it was like. That type of like, I, I I got into combat sports really big in the last few years, and so um, part of that I think is the cerebral game of going against mm-hmm. me and you, one person. Uh, it's very lineman esque to me, and so I think for what I really admired about that is the genius to find a way to make your small arsenal this big. Right, you're adapting it. You know, like if the only thing I got is this one right hand. And you got everything else, but I can figure out a way to implement it fifty ways, right? We, it's yeah. it's it's it, that that takes another level of of knowledge. And so, seeing guys like that, you know, knowing the game and knowing, um, you know, they're not just out there because they're physically gifted. They are, but they're also students of the game. You know, guys in there putting down crazy hours of film. And so, yeah, those are there's a lot of. Uh, uh, oh, another person, Fitzpatrick, is probably the smartest guy I've played with. That dude is a very, very, very smart individual. Ryan Fitzpatrick? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Harvard he's, educated. He's an extremely smart individual. He's he's kind of this yeah, he's kind of the same way where it's like he knows he knows what's gonna happen before it happens, you know, and that's uh very smart guys, man. So that brings me back to like, you know, Dane and I I talked a little bit about the draft coming up and you know, it seems like every year the quarterback topics are, you know, they're so microscopic. Like, of course, they got to have the networks yeah. and yeah. breakdowns and all of that mentally and all the mm-hmm. how you talked about Phillip Rivers and breakdown. And I know they go over meetings, oh, but bro, like bro. basically the quarterback is the coach. So you know? that's that's quite literally the best way to like. So, you know, I'm, I'm coaching now and, uh, you know, getting into it and. I literally being a coach is just like being in the league the amount of time, except you're not physically doing it. And so like when you're like the league schedule, you're in meetings at least on average four hours a day, four or five hours a day. And you're just going, and that's, that's like just alignment, right? Alignment are always going to be a higher meeting group because there's five of us to watch stuff over. But when we leave the quarterbacks, we're generally still there, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, and it's, 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 it's intense, man. Like, um, 
Yeah, the amount of film study and it's because it's it's all situational, you know. So you you know, if we you have your installs, right? Like like the biggest thing for quarterbacks is they have to know the proper check. So they really do have to be like coaches on the field, right? So they'll call the play, but if they're like, Hey, if you see this look, what should we do? Because we can't tell you, so you need to know what to do, and that's yeah, because you're gonna be out. There, yeah, right? you know, and there's no way to communicate it, right? We can't, we can't, we can only call in so many plays from the sideline, right? You know, it's it is, it is wild how minute. Uh, it's funny you said the draft. I can't stop thinking about the draft because the draft has changed so much in my life. Just from like <laughs> I remember, remember that O2 Miami Hurricane team with like Willis McGee stacked. And, like, Yes, yeah. I remember watching that draft and being like, "Look at all my favorite players going to teams." I can't look at the like you know at the draft yeah. when you're there, man. After first off, the draft you're in is stressful, but then the ones after that, the worst day on earth. Oh, I yeah, you know what? Yeah, don't you didn't think about it now? Yeah, yep. exactly. And it's like. horrifying. <laughs> you. Everyone's excited about the draft, and like usually the team has a draft party. Like, hey, come on to the draft party, and like you better not select a lineman first, and I'll come. Because because you know somebody, some position group is going to be distraught that night. Yeah, because they're bringing in somebody to play immediately. So, like I remember uh, my uh, my first year in uh, New York, we signed uh, we got uh, D Lee from Ohio State um, as a linebacker. And I remember just being like, don't take a lineman. Don't take a lineman. Don't take a lineman. And they selected a linebacker. <laughs> and I was at a party with our starting linebacker. And I, <laughs> I was not paying attention. I was like, yeah! Because I was like so happy. <laughs> and I look over and I'm like, oh, sorry, David. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, dog. It's gonna be both of y'all. Y'all gonna be, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so it's like it's it's a completely every round. You're just like, just no lineman, no lineman. Yeah. Okay, in the six, we'll take six. I can I can battle a six rounder. He <laughs> that was you know, but yeah, it's a completely different experience because even if it's not your position, it's a friend's, you know. And so, you know, you know, you pick up receiver in the first round, and you have homie the receiver. You're like. Hey, it's all right, man. It, you know, keep going. Yeah, you yeah. good, bro. You good. Just yeah. keep balling. Do you? Know? you. <laughs> so it's That's crazy, uh, man. Yeah, there's a, there's a million of those little ones where you're like, oh crap, this isn't like I thought it'd be. Oh man, this is way better when uh, in 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 theory, you know, because you think, oh, it's a team, it's a team. No, I don't, I don't know that guy. He's taking taking my friend's job away. You know. <laughs> yeah. That's tough. Like you spoke to us about just the the limited amount of space or limited amount of contracts the team can have. And even when you were arriving um, to be at the hotel and, you know, roommate was like, you're the new Ian. Is there any type of now looking back on it? Is there any type of survivor's remorse that exists when you know that you're still here, but of course somebody else that, you know, might've been fighting much harder than you in a different position. is no longer here. Like how does that mentally, how does that affect you? Like as a, you know, you're obviously a very caring, humble guy, but it's like at some point it kind of just I have to think about this, you know, gone just like that. Man, y'all are the, y'all y'all really are the OGs with these questions. But, uh, hey, that's, bro, we, man, that's, we forty episodes in the game. We basically pros. <laughs> well, they're they're, just, they're deep, they're deep, they're yeah. deep, they're deep. Then you know, it's uh, an inception that's, level that's question. That's something appreciate that they man. really are, man. Like that's actually something I did struggle with at first. Like I'm not like this is gonna sound weird, but like. 
I wore Ian's, like he had left behind a compression shirt and I wore it for like a month just because I was like, I, I like this, this is all the show for this man's whole career, you know? Cause that's the thing too, that I think sometimes gets mixed up is like, you know, I'm just going to get a little bit off into the weeds, but like you good. when you're going through it, you don't have time to be appreciative of anything, you know, like, like it, it used to make me so mad. Like, like, so, you know, I, I've been, I've been cut a few times, you know, but like you get cut, even if you know you're getting signed back. Right. Or, you know, let's say like, you, you know, something happens where you're fearing you might get cut. People will hit you with like the, Hey, well, at least you made a team. Like, that's cool. That doesn't do that. That is almost counterproductive in those moments. Cause you're like, what good does it do right. me to make it to the NFL and not do it? Like, like not even get a game, you know, do like, I never, to never suit up. Right. And so when you hear people say like, you know, at least you got there, like, all right. Like that, that, that that's like me going to Burger King with people who are standing outside hungry and I'm like, well, you made it to the door. Like, I don't got any food still, you know? And it's Speaking kind of, of Burger King, Craig, remember we used to always go to Burger King. Them double and triple stackers. All the lunch breaks in high school. Oh, I think of, <laughs> Race to the front seat. <laughs> hey, man, somebody got to drive because you know I wasn't pushing no way. <laughs> but, uh, freaking time. Yeah, man. Uh, Batman, remember when they built bushes and we could just walk over there now? Oh, yeah. oh man. Uh, but, yeah, that was um, uh, talking about the remorse and all. It's like, you you feel some kind of way because you realize, oh, that's what I was saying about the, the, the amount of time people get in. You know, like that guy played a whole career just like myself, right? Like the way I see it is I had to, I had 40 consecutive, over like 40 starts. I had no career sacks. The two-year captain, was an All-American. I had to do all of this stuff to get a tryout. So the way I see it is all of that almost got squandered. Same thing for this dude. My man's went to Boston College, Power Five Conference, and had to obviously get enough playing time to put enough film. So he probably was at least a one-year starter. Might have been two, you know. So my man's had already done the, you know, very high-level stuff. And his career was over in he had nine days under contract, maybe, you know, and the same way where my emotions went, okay, it's draft day. You're not, you're not getting first round. Don't even just, just enjoy the day. Day mm-hmm. two, you ain't getting drafted either. Just keep hanging out. Day three though, nervous, uh, nowhere to go. Oh no. Oh no. What little, little tryout offer. Okay. Okay. Right. Oh, I got signed. His is the exact opposite. Draft day, draft day. Okay. I'm not getting drafted free agent offer i have a contract now i'm gonna go out there in the preseason i'm gonna i'm gonna bust it open like this my shot random dude they like at a mini camp who was there only to fill in rosters is now taking my job no one's calling after that you know Mm -hmm. and so there is a huge level of i like the 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 words you put survivors remorse but it's also like um it's also like you feel lucky that it's not me because I could easily be that statistic. You know, we call them the reapers. The reapers are guys whose like job 
They're the they're the ones you see when they a hey, coach needs to see you with your playbook. You know? mm. And you know exactly who they are. And like, so if you see them yep. coming, you're like, yeah. <laughs> Avoid them at all yeah, costs. You know, if you <laughs> ever watch Hard Knocks, Craig, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, are they on there? Are they? Point yep. out those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get your playbook. You Coach wants like, to see you. I actually one year I finally got like this is like my third year when I was like, all right, even if I get cut, you know what, whatever. I've made it past the point I thought I'd be here anyway. Like I had finally gotten so tired of being anxious. I was like, whatever mm-hmm. happens, mm-hmm. happens. You know. I finally was like, hey man, uh, do you? do you feel the energy of everyone avoiding you all the time? And he was like, <laughs> I hate it. I hate it so much. And and he was like, so he got so serious. He was like, I don't like that. I have to do that. Like it's my job, but like everyone treats me like I'm a leper, you know, like I yeah. don't, I don't want to do that, but it's part of it. And, and it's, 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 it's you can only have, you can only go so many times to the weight room, work out, and be like, "Hey, what you doing the rest of the day?" All right, hey, you know, okay, I'm gonna go back to the room. Hey, let's go, uh, let's go to the movies. Hey, where you at? I got cut, man. I'm uh, I'm on the way home. You're like, there's only so many times you make plans that fall through because the homie got fired. Before you just like kind of keep your head down and just just hope it's not you, you know. And so, yeah, there's a, there's a, that survivor's remorse, but also that sense of like it wins the next one, you know? And, uh, and that to me was always a very, like, there's a number of things I've always said in my career were daunting propositions. Being in the circuit was one of them, you know, just, just hoping someone will call you going out for a tryout, flying home, just waiting, you know? Uh, like, I don't know how it would have dealt like coming back from like a, a, a season ending injury. Like, that's another thing I'm like, I, I don't know if I had to resolve for that. Like, you know, blowing a knee out and coming back. So there's a number of things, man, where it's like, in hindsight, you're like, wow, that was, that was a, a bit of a ordeal, but you know, it's, um, it's, it's part of the kind of the territory, you know, it's, it's, it's high level for a reason. And part of that's a revolving door, but yeah, to, to wrap it up, to keep myself from stammering here too long. It's yeah. You definitely have a sense of uh zero sum mentality. You know, mm-hmm. for every inch forward I take, it, it by def- definition is an inch back someone else takes. You know, yeah. Uh, but you, you better than me. You you segue perfectly into my next question um, because you know, NFL obviously stands for National Football League, but also stands for not for long. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's not long for everybody. You get those opportunities here and there, stay a few years. Of course, you're fortunate enough to stay a number of years, but Dane and I have talked about this a lot on our episodes. A lot of guys don't know what to do after transitioning mm-hmm. after it. It's a wrap for me. Yeah. A lot of the guys don't know what to do because all their life, they know football. That's it. And so coming, and you were talking about it earlier in this episode with you, like football, it was always more than football. And so you really didn't see it as my all end all kind of thing. Yeah. Transitioning from NFL to next steps in your career. How was that? Man, that's, that's actually something that I'm like finally actualizing now in real life. Um, again, another great question, guys. Y'all are, man. Uh, <laughs> I quite similarly, but for a different reason, was lost as well. I was I had no clue what I wanted to do because for me – 
so remember when I told you I, I left school, I was actually on track to accept a uh, internship to work for the congressman of the district of which uh, West Texas is in, it's Congressman Thornberry. And uh, I was going like, to get into politics and like, it's a great, it's a great um, internship. And so uh, I was going to try to go work out of the DC office, get my foot in the door and do that. And uh, I remember getting the offer to come train in Phoenix and being like, I would rather, I, I can go back to school. I always believed in myself mentally. I always believed that I could figure it out academically, but I didn't want to ever be booby miles. I didn't ever, I, I refuse to be, yeah. you know, man, if I would have just like regret to me is, is worse. There's a quote I used to, that was used to be in the charges weight room. And it's so perfect. It's like, what, what, what is worse? The pain of hard work or the pain of regret. And that to me is such a resonating thing. It's like, I don't, you can't undo it. You can't undo that time. So I would rather, I'd, I'd rather have squandered my schooling, tried to pursue a dream, failed and, and built it back rather than to have gone that route and gone, what if, you know? And, uh, and it wasn't the most sound choice to be honest, you know, it really wasn't. But, but when I made it and as it panned out, I remember just thinking, well, this is cool. I guess I'll just delay being an adult now. Cause like, you know, uh, similarly to like, you know, I, y'all knew me back when I was you know high school, I had a fade, right. I didn't have mm-hmm. uh, dreads back in, in school. Huh? So I started growing my hair once I got out of the house because my military parents were like, you do whatever you want. You don't live here. And yeah. so what happened was I got up to Canyon and I couldn't find a barber that I trusted. So I just ended up having an Afro Very and important. I was like, yeah. And I was like, well, I was like, this Afro thing's kind of cool, but it's annoying to pick. So then I ended up being like, oh, I'll twist my hair. And then I kept growing my hair and then I was like, well, dreads are cool. I'll cut my hair when I have to get a real job. So I just thought that would be at the end of college. Yeah. And then I ended up going professional. So I was like, well, I guess I don't have to. So I literally was just like, kind of like, ex- I felt like I was on an extended childhood, you know, like yeah. mm. I was a grown man, like a taxpaying citizen and all, but like, I don't have the struggles that I thought I would anticipate with leaving college, you know, like life is just, it's different right now. And so once I always knew that it would end, you know, but I just knew like, for now I'm just on pause. I literally just felt like it was a life pause. So when right. it, when it when it ended, I was like, okay, what do you want to do? Because here's the kicker with the whole pausing life thing. Chris Rock has that great joke where he's like, you know what the difference between someone who dropped out in eleventh grade is and someone who dropped out in the third grade is? The person who dropped out in eleventh grade has eight years of work experience over you, right? And it's because functionally not graduating is not graduating. It doesn't matter if you dropped out with a first grade education or 11th grade in nine months. Quite similarly, it doesn't matter that I was in the NFL for the last three and a half years. I don't have work experience that's tangible to a real job. Hey, I was in the league. Yeah, like, yeah, that, exactly. Like my resume is so stupid. My, you know, my, my resume is ridiculous. It literally says like, like it's like peer leader at uh, during college. Then San Diego Chargers is the next thing. No other work history. It's like, who is who's your who's your supervisor? Uh, Mike McCoy? Like, I don't know yeah. what to tell you, you know? And so it's like, it's good. Just like that. It's like, I don't technically have tangible skills. So you're almost 
set back further by playing professionally because Man. you're squandering time you could be building in another field. And yeah. I say squander loosely to simply say that it's not being spent in that capacity. Lost time, yeah. Right. And so and so it was for a minute, like I, t- I took a year off of just everything and I just was like, um, I'd always described myself as Craig who plays football, not Craig the football player. And so it was quite mm. similarly, it was like, I have far more aspects to my personality and life than just being this dude on the field. And so I just took a year to like, you know, enjoy life. Like I went hiking a lot, you know, just enjoyed, you know, other sports. That's when I got really big into the UFC. And, um, and then eventually I was like, okay, I need to figure something out. And it was, it was a struggle, man. It really was. Um, I went into the only thing I had experience with, which was education. And so I started working at a college and then I I realized, and this is funny, it's like circling it all back, is like, I was done with football. I was like, I was I was content with never watching a game. Like, I don't have NFL alerts on my phone. Like, I was content with, I didn't, I didn't watch a draft. I couldn't tell you who was in the playoffs. Like, I was genuinely living my life. And yeah. I was like, just done with ball. Not in like a bitter way, but I was like, I've been so focused on this thing that I'm an expert at it. I don't need, and, and I, you don't watch the game the same anymore, right? Like, I only can see the line play. I only can see yeah. the box when I'm playing. Like, there's no long completionist, <laughs> like, oh, there was a missed block. And yeah. then luckily we got the play. You know, that's, that's just how I see the game. And so I was just very done with the sport. And then uh, when I was living in Phoenix, this before, you know, I was saying moved the uh, junior colleges shut down their football program and all the kids didn't have anywhere to really play. So some of the coaches started up this like prep league, basically just an attempt to get these kids film. And they were like, Hey, can you coach? And I was like, I mean, I feel bad saying no. Mm -hmm. Like, (laughs) like these kids that don't have anyone else, like fine, I'll go. And then, man, I found myself being like, I, I got to get out of here. I got to go to practice. You know, like being like invested in these guys, you know, like mm-hmm. spending money, like, you know, making sure they had food, like, Hey, you know, cause they, they were from some bad situation, you know, like giving them right, like taking time out of my day. And I'm like, well, I don't know these kids. I'm not even paying. <laughs> y'all ain't paying me. Like I'm out of here doing the most volunteering. And I was like, yo, maybe this coaching thing is something I might like. And I, man, I love it, man. It's so like, it is. It, it honestly feels like my entire. I feel like what I think being a father will feel like, where you're like, "Oh, this is what it was all for." Yeah, you know, <laughs> like I feel like my entire career for myself is only led me to pass knowledge on to the next generation. You know, like I was an okay player, but I think that I'll be ten times the coach that I was as a player, and it's crazy to be like. I was struggling to find, like, I, I refuse to be unhappy in this life. And so for a while, I was like, I don't know what I want to do. Like, one transition that was hard leaving the league was, if there is a confrontation in the locker room, we're going to settle it. And, and I'm not saying it's going to get violent, but men talk to men. Like, it, we got to figure out how we're going to get through this issue. The corporate world, you have to be so like, well, let's have a mm-hmm. meeting, perhaps a plan. And the inability to just be direct and to get things done, I couldn't. I, I was like, all right, this, I'm not long for this world, you know? Right. And so uh, 
I, I, God was like, okay. And uh, luckily my, uh, my old coach had a uh, position come open and they were like, he's been trying to get me to get into coach for some time, but it's before I realized I wanted to do it. And it just like worked out perfectly. And I was like, yeah, man, I'm about that life. And so yeah, it's, it's been great. It's like every, like I enjoy, like I look forward, like every day for like 10 years, I woke up with butterflies because I knew I'd have to go run or I'd have to lift weights. <laughs> something was going to yeah, be very every, uncomfortable every that day. Been there. Yeah, yeah you know sure. what I mean? It's just like something, you know, so every day it's just like, but now I wake up and I'm like, oh, we have practice today. This is going to be fun. Like, I, I, can't, I, I, I hated hearing one-on-ones. Now I hear one-on-ones and I'm like, everybody on the line. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, man. So it's, it's yeah. crazy. It's like, um, you know, I struggled a lot to find something that I thought would give me purpose and that I would enjoy. And I'm, I'm fortunate that I kind of, I don't want to say stumbled into it, but realized that this is, this is where I'm happy. This is where I can do all the things that I feel like are what life is about, you know, affecting your community, making change, you know, mentoring the the, the men of the future. Cause it's like, I had the fortune of having great coaches my whole life. And there's nothing worse to me than seeing a guy be derailed on his t- career because of incompetency. Yeah. You know, that that to me is a, is a crime to to have a guy working his ass off, doing the most, trying to make it in this world, which is tough as it is, and you being lazy or just like, ah, nah, nah. Just uh, try block, just, just block him. Like, no, give the man some direction, help him, like, you know, be a mentor, be the guiding light to help somebody. Cause when you were in that position, someone helped you, you know? Right. So I had the great fortune of having people who looked out for me and, and people who had my best interest in mind. And it's only right that you, you know, return that favor. You know, it's like a parallel to like civil rights to me where it's like, all right, it's better than it was. But if, if my grandparents were quiet, where would my rights be? You mm-hmm. know? So quite the same. It's like I yeah. can't be entitled to just only, you know, absorb and not to give yeah. back. That makes sense. I know we put a lot of promotional stuff out with the graphics of where you've been and where you are now. But for the people that didn't see it, what role are you in now and what's your day to day look like? Yeah. So I uh, I have accepted the graduate assistant, uh, excuse me, the offensive graduate assistant job. Here at the University of Nevada. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Wolfpack. But uh, yeah, I, um, so I'm functionally. So every every team in FBS gets uh, you get two GAs on each side of the ball, and GAs are uh, coaches. So I am a since I am the assistant O line coach here, um, along with uh, Coach Best, um, who was actually my O line coach in college. And so um, day-to-day operations, like I'm actually here right now. I am uh, go out with the guys, man, you know, help coach. Then when we come in, uh, break down film, um, grade tape. Uh, my big assignment right now, uh, I've got to uh, do the personnel breakdown. We start, we open our season this year with Cal. And so I've got to, you know, get the pressure packages, you know, figure out all of the you know, what they do on diff- down and distances, you know, uh, get all the cut-ups, understand the D linemen, what their moves are, tendencies, you know, uh, stats, rough, th- you know, just the, just the, uh, all of the 
things that go into preparation for an opponent. Um, and then just, you know, I find, I think another role, this isn't necessarily my official description, but being a GA for me is going to be, it's like, um, it's like being a junior, junior, it's like being a between coach and coach, right? Like I am, I am a coach. Like they, I, you know, I, I, I am very blessed here that they, I get a lot of respect. I get a lot of, um, deference to my expertise, you know, um, they treat me very well here, but at the same time, I'm not too far removed where I don't understand the mental things my guys are going through, you know, um, seeing them beat themselves up and, you know, okay, well, coach played this guy this morning rep yeah. today. Does that mean like, you know, and trying yeah. to help them through those struggles. Because you've been through that it. for yeah. me, I think. Yeah, yeah. And, and I know how detrimental it can be to be your own, you know, mind monkey. And so, you know, helping the guys just, you know, through navigating school and trying to balance their life, like all of that stuff for me is a, uh, is something that I take you know, a lot of pride in in this position. And so, yeah, man, it's, uh, it's great. Like I'm probably in here like 12 hours a day, you know, but I'm cool with it. Cause for me, it's about learning. Like I, if I, if I would have coached, let's like, for, let's say I got hurt and then would have like coached and then gone back to play. I'd be an all pro. Yeah. I've learned more coaching than I did like as like, cause it's just so much more in order to tell someone else how to do it. You're like, oh, you gotta know how to do gotta it. Gotta know three, four times as well. Yeah. And so like the, just being that much more, you know, granular with, uh, with the material is, uh, is something that I'm super happy about. Like I'm, I'm just ready to this summer grind and, you know, watch tape and, you know, like learn coverages, like, like, I actually want to be able to tell when someone's rolling in the cover three, right? Mm-hmm. Get <laughs> your Philip you know? Rivers on. <laughs> oh man, mm-hmm. I'm trying. I'm trying to be out there because like, be like that's, that's the thing is like being a really good coach is you know knowing the game, right? And we we will win ball games if I'm in the, if I'm able to immediately go, hey, no, this is what the look is. It's this pressure rather than like, coach, I don't know what's happening, right? Yeah. Like that's how you lose ball games. <laughs> so you know, I'm uh, we have a great team. We've got 10 of our 11 starters on offense back. Uh, we only lost, you know, one guy. We've got a bunch of guys who are likely to be in the draft class this next year. There's a lot of talent here. And so I'm, I don't want any, I want to contribute as much as I can to win the Mountain West this year. Like that's my yeah. goal is to get a ring. I, uh, I don't, I have one ring. I should have two, but I lost it. And so I need new rings. <laughs> so I need to go get some rings. For sure, bro. Man, we first of all, like I said, thank you so much, man, for you know taking the time out of your schedule to finally get you in here, man. And I know Dane would agree with me, bro. We're so proud of you and the things that you're doing now, knowing you since high school and you know, from the left for dead parties, uh (laughs) lunchtime, you know. Yeah, lunch. <laughs> lunch breaks. Look, look calling Legendary. his calling his name and ducking out. Used to be like Craig, <laughs> and he was like, "Hey yeah, guys, don't call my name unless you're gonna say anything." Yeah, oh. but man, oh, man, truly from the bottom of my heart, and you know, we we're so proud of you, man. And because of the, a lot of the times, you know, people aren't as level-headed and as long as I've known you, man, you've always been that level-headed guy, practical, know what you want and just go get it. And so for you to be in this position, you are now, man, it's truly, 
We're truly, truly proud of you, man. Hey, man, I, I, honestly, you about to make me cry. <laughs> uh, no, nah, I thank you guys, man. And for real, bro, it's like uh, I, I'm, I'm, I want to thank you guys, man. It's like you guys have always been. You never acted weird when things, you know, were getting up there. You know, you're yeah. always supportive. You, you have, you know, you've always been able to communicate with both of you. You've never changed, and you guys have always been very, very near dear friends to me. So, I thank you guys for you know being yourselves and. And, uh, you know, it's one thing you learn when you're going through it is you, I'm not saying like, I, I, by no means I'm like people's true color show when they, (laughs) when you start getting money, don't change and get this guap. Well, you just see like this, man, it's, it's funny. Like you see people's like, like I'm like, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm I'm retired now, but like, I'm still a big dude and I still have long hair. So like people are always like, yeah, well, what do you do? And, what do you mean, and about boy? Right. And so, <laughs> and you want to avoid it, but then once, if for some reason it ever gets to football, you can literally see their eye, their eyeballs go like, yeah. Now all we're gonna talk about is football, yeah, for sure. And it's like you know, and it's 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 so it's man, it's it's honestly like the most blessing to have, you know, especially homies from the old school who were like the you know same old dudes, you know, they knew me when I was the goofy dude who wore a blue raincoat every day yeah just because that was my thing <laughs> yeah. Yeah, was particularly that freshman year yeah coach gay's oh, class yeah. uh science together yeah hey remember yes, the kid sir. somebody stole his game boy or whatever what was that oh yeah hey, uh, in a biology yeah. with coach gay i'll never forget that's the quote i was about to say you're just going to love We can't keep him, James. His name was James. I'll never forget. Oh. Quick story for the audience. We're all in class, and the kid thought somebody stole his. It was finals. It was the last yeah, finals yeah. Of, the, of the day. And we weren't so going to we be in that class anymore, and he lost his PSP or something. Yeah. It was a PSP. It was, his, it was a PSP. Okay. Yeah. So he lost his PSP. <laughs> He or somebody took it or something. We don't he know. He said Game Boy. <laughs> who was the light? There was a light-skinned guy in the class who was real bad. And he kept a kid. <laughs> I can't remember who it was, though. But he remember. was real loud. And he thought it was him. And uh, But, yeah, as you were saying. Yeah, so he lost his PSP. And we weren't going to be in that class anymore. Summer, whatever. And he asked the coach, who was the teacher, Coach Gay. He asked them to basically frisk everybody in their equipment. <laughs> other bags before we left and and then did we even do that i don't think it was just like bro every half the half the people had started walking out already and coach gay literally was like i can't stop it i can't do that like just stopping christmas in new york civil rights i can't just start he was so upset and then the famous quote that you still say you're just gonna let them leave and we left (laughs) Oh man, bro, that's legitimately been fifteen Crazy. years, and that quote still hits me like <laughs> Dane and I recited like all the time. <laughs> pray, pray to God that boy don't see this podcast. <laughs> he's got all three. Oh, of them hey, yeah, he's gonna come for all of us. <laughs> that's for sure. He's gonna come for all of us, James. Sure. Just so you know, we we advocated the search. Yeah, so we, we didn't. We didn't. <laughs> we it was not us. It was not us. No. Uh, every time we have a guest. 
We'd like to give them the opportunity to say some last words, words of encouragement, advice, anything like that to our listeners. Oh, man. No pressure. Oh, man. Hey, um, I would say, first off, thank you guys for letting me on, having me on. I had a blast. Um, it's always great to chop up. Even if we, we I need to come down uh, Central Texas way. We need to all yeah, get together. Yeah, last time but, you came, you texted me that you're going to be here. I think I was in Dallas or something. Yeah, you were you were out yeah. of town for something, but I'll be I'll be around there soon again. Yeah. I would say, man, the only thing is to be you know everyone love you everyone you know uh, we are not here long enough to hold grudges to have animosity. Uh, this world is hard enough as it is, and so there's no hey. I always say that today is April twenty fourth, twenty twenty one. There's not a handbook. There's not a, a guide for April twenty fifth, twenty twenty one. The only thing we can do is try to be our best with the unforeseen and to put our best foot forward and don't beat yourself up too hard. You're going to fail. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to trip, but you can't think that uh, not hitting the target on the first goal is an indictment. Yeah. Just, just simply that, you know, uh, put your best foot forward and you're going to fail. You're going to trip. You're going to stumble. You're going to be embarrassed. You you know, you're going to not figure, you're not going to think you know the way, but we all don't know the way. And if we can collectively agree that we're all trying to figure this out, there's peace and solace in the in being lost. There is a uh, there is a comfort in being in the collective confusion. And so understand that you're not perfect, but we should still try. Couldn't have said it better, my guy. Thank you so much, my guy, for joining us. And for the listeners, thank you for listening to this jam-packed, informative, lit, on-fire episode of the Dual Sports and Stuff podcast. Don't forget you can follow us on our socials, Duo SNS Podcast. Listen to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, or our website, www.theduosportsandstuffpodcast.com. Peace!